The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. of the Just Swing It podcast. I'm Chris McBride. I'm here with John Burrell. It's pretty late on a Sunday night, so we're going to try to make this one a short and sweet. And by short, I don't mean 15 minutes, but I also don't mean two hours either. Um, we got a few things to talk about. Today, we're going to hit an educational segment in the buy and sell um, picks for the week, and that's probably pretty much it. Before we get started, John, how, how's your weekend going? Pretty good. Um, got a few things done, been doing a little bit of research, um, kind of relaxed and got some rest this weekend. I had to work on Saturday, but it was a short day. So um, not really ready to go back to work tomorrow, but ready to trade the market this week. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped to trade the trade the market. I've been diving in a lot more on, you know, research and education myself, educating myself there for a while. I, I wasn't doing too much because we were working on the show. Now I'm starting to get back into, you know, trying to get better for myself as well as doing the show. The show's blowing up. Thanks to everyone who listened. We um, hit our 1,000 download mark over the weekend, which is, is not that much compared to, you know, if you think about numbers compared to big shows, but for a show that literally started from scratch three months ago, pretty good. We're starting to blow up our follower. We've um, gained 30 followers on Twitter in the last week and a half. So we're starting to blow up there. So thanks to everyone who's listening. Y'all are definitely doing your homework and definitely be sure to continue that. I had a decent weekend. I went down to, um, to West Virginia, John, and um, we, we cut some wood. I got a wood stove that I got to hook up and need, need to get some wood. So mostly just split wood down there and basically um, just watch football. I'm, I'm glad football's back. I've been um, gambling on on some football a little this weekend. Did a, did a few things yesterday on college, but it wasn't a real good slate. I won on a, a Georgia Tech money line and then Notre Dame to cover minus 11 and a half, which was a good good line. I think their original line was 20. And then today, awesome. Besides um, your Eagles, if, if you can't tell, John might be a little down today. The Eagles blew a 17-point lead to the Washington football team and Carson Wentz may or may not be handicapped after the game. But I can't talk much. The Colts also blew a lead to the Jaguars. So we're in a pretty bad spot. If it wasn't for the fact that I've won quite a bit of money today um, betting, I would be in a lot worse mood. Right now, just keep an eye on the, the Rams. If they, the Rams win, 
I think I, I make about a hundred more dollars just on this game with basically little, like one $5 bet and a $50 bet. So you don't get many, you know, double your money on one bet. So hopefully they can pull it out. They're driving right now, John, they're, they're in the red zone. So, um, but we're going to do the show. We got some things um, to talk about. Again, we're just going to do the educational segment and then the picks. We di I didn't plan on doing any news tonight, but some breaking news happened right before we jumped on here and we wouldn't be a stock show if we didn't at least mention it. And John may have not even seen it yet because he was eating. Um, Oracle is buying TikTok. Microsoft's deal got shot down and rejected. Walmart got thrown out. So Oracle is buying TikTok, John. And TikTok's been booming in, in the U.S. A lot of 17-year-olds have been making millions and millions of dollars from dancing videos. Yeah, TikTok's, uh, it's interesting to see these social media platforms explode and, and um, become, you know, worth so much money so quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I would I'm surprised that I'm surprised that they shot down that offer and went with uh, Oracle instead. Um, I'm sure that it wasn't a money thing. It must have been that they had something personal against them or something because you know yeah, they I'm have sure. the money to buy it for sure. Yeah, I actually bought a I bought on um, Friday. I bought like a because the deadline. It's, it's kind of a weird situation. Not many companies are being forced, like the U.S. government is forcing TikTok to be, to be sold, basically. So, like, TikTok's a Chinese company. The, um, President Trump, like, banned TikTok and due to our China issues right now, and basically it's being forced to be sold, so they didn't want to sell it, but the deadline to sell it was Thursday or it'd be banned in the U.S., so I actually bought a call way, way out of the money on Microsoft on Friday for like 20 bucks, just in case Microsoft hit it because it would have blown up. Now, I mean, that call is probably still worth the same 20 bucks. So I'm probably not gonna be out any money on it, but it was a chance for it to like super blow up. So I did that. Um, but yeah, it's the one thing I have, John, the one problem I do, do have, and we've talked about on the show before, don't you hate it when companies release these big news stories when the market isn't open? When they do that, it basically allows the hedge fund and institutional buyers to get us at the cheap price and it blows the price up in the pre-market right before the market opens and then nobody else can really play it because it's already to basically to the max. Yeah. Yeah, the news, I mean, I like news when it comes out when the market's open, you know, even like earnings announcements, um, they'll be either like before or after the close a lot of the times and, and you don't really get the, you know, if you have, if you want to put something on right before and then take it off right after you can, but, um, or you can, you know, put something on in expectation for the next day, but I, I kind of, I kind of think that if the market was open, it, it would uh, allow more opportunity. Yeah, unless you were in Oracle on Friday, I don't see any way you can play Oracle now, basically. The time yeah. it opens, it, it'll, it'll blow up. Now, there may be a little room, but you're, you're not going to get as much. Before we move on, I do got one more rant since we were talking about football. And I'm not the only one I saw on Twitter today. I'm done with DirecTV. I don't have DirecTV. 
Um, but I've, I've had NFL Sunday ticket for like three years in a row now. This year, you cannot buy It's owned by DirecTV now. You can buy it without having DirecTV if you don't live in an area where you can get DirecTV. So if you live in an area where you can get DirecTV, you're not allowed to get NFL Sunday ticket unless you get DirecTV. And then if we was looking, so we was looking at the packages on the DirecTV. They have like a $65 a month um, package, which is pretty good deal. That's the same amount as everything. We actually have YouTube TV instead. Now it's the same price and it's got way better channels and it never changes. That, but they get you with the direct TV price because I read the fine print. The second year, it goes up to $115 a month. But not being, they, they should make it where you can get the NFL Sunday ticket. Really, they're missing out on their own business, basically, because a bunch of people is going to have like um, Dish Network or Xfinity or something that would buy NFL Sunday ticket, but they're not going to switch their whole cable session to it. And then the well, other thing. That, wait, um, so, wait, wait a second. Hang on. So with the direct TV stuff, we if you have like those boxes or whatever, um, when you go to return that, um, you you can take it to like a UPS. Yeah, I, I did that when I moved. Um, so at my old apartment, we got free direct TV that was they just it was included in our rent. So I had to turn that in when I I moved into the, my house. Yeah, and so we, you know, people always talk about how it starts at this one price and it shoots up. We return so much equipment from AT&T and DirecTV, sometimes I forget where the hell I'm working at. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of people, you know, hate DirecTV that come in. You know, they're like, you know, they get you with this deal, and then we have to switch back and forth between different people. But if you're, um, you know, partially Jewish like I am, then um, – you can uh, get stuff for free over the internet. So I, I just watch uh, every NFL game for free and I don't pay for shit. Um, yeah. What? I don't, I don't, yeah, I get that. And you can always find stuff on Reddit and stuff, but then you, I mean, you never know what you're clicking on. I don't mind to pay for stuff at a reasonable price. The problem with DirecTV is, and I think they know it, is cable, cable's dead. You don't need cable. You can get Hulu. Like everyone has Hulu, Netflix, whatever, and you can watch every show on there. The only re and the only reason the shows on cable TV now suck, and then they eventually just go to Netflix anyhow. The only reason to have cable basically is solely for sports. So, yeah, if you go to NFLStream.tv, you know, get a good ad blocker on uh, Google Chrome. I got my two ad blockers. I go to NFLStream.tv or NBAStream.tv. They got all the sports for free. You just click on it, watch it in HD. Yeah, we went ahead and set up on the YouTube TV, which has like 80 or 90 channels. It has every single sports channel, more sports channels than you get that with the um, the normal DirecTV packages. You'd have to go all the way up to the top to get all the sports channels. And how much is it? like 60 bucks a month but the lady i mean the lady likes watching hgtv and the food network and it's, it's got all that sort of stuff on there too it's like it's regular cable it's like 60 bucks a month and you just do it through the internet you can play it from your phone and unlike cable that has the box i can take this watch it on my phone i can watch it on the computer i can go to someone else's house and sign in and watch it there so i mean Cable's dead. There's all kinds of places like that. I think FUBU TV has one. But the other thing with DirecTV, and I saw a Nikki Bad of Tasty Trade post on Twitter about it. Apparently, they decided to do some kind of maintenance update right before football started. 
So a lot of people who are paying extra money for the NFL Sunday ticket and NFL Red Zone, it, it wouldn't work when football Why would they do that? What idiots. Yeah, it's a dumb company. But anyhow, moving on, we'll go ahead and get into the educational segment, which is Stock Jargon with John. Today we're continuing on our option series, and we're going to discuss something very important. We probably should have discussed this um, – I don't know, John, what do you think? The second, the second option episode, third option episode? I mean, it's yeah. really, it's really this basically. kind of like the, uh, uh, I think this is like the nitty gritty of, um, you know, what the value of an option is. Um, however, even though it is like, you know, technically, you know, what's the value of the options uh, contracts, um, knowing that, you know, knowing about volatility and some of the other things we covered are the actual um, components of this that makes the value. So we did cover that. This is just more of like, I guess, a broader view of the finer terms that we've already covered, but still, we probably should have covered it sooner. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would say this is the stepping stone. I would say that you get your data and everything from this, basically. <laughs> The, to me, to me, this the, what we're going to talk about tonight, which I'll tell you in a second, can tell you whether the option's worth messing with, right? Like the, your expirations and that sort of sort of thing, especially if you're selling. We've been pushing selling here recently, especially if you're selling. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I look at it. I don't. I don't think about too much, but I know if you watch it on Tasty Works and stuff, they they push this uh, this pretty good. Um. I think you do think about it, John, but I think it's inherent. I don't think you look at it as in, you know, this exact number, but you have an idea, and that's how you built your strategy. So you're doing your strategy kind of, you know, your strategy already has looking at it built in by picking what deltas you pick. Yeah, that's, pro that's probably true, yeah. But anyhow, um, for Stock Jargon with John tonight, we're discussing intris intrinsic and extrinsic values so john what what order would you like to start in and maybe just define both and then you can go into you know how it works I, i'm not really sure i think it's pretty straightforward but it's just whatever order you think's the best uh, probably intrinsic all right well what's intrinsic value uh, so like if you take all the extra stuff of an options contract away say you take um, the time, say it's right on expiration and say, um, you know, volatility and all that other stuff isn't at play. Um, the, it would be the actual value of the contract if it was on expiration. So if you have a, um, like if you have a put, uh, say it's a $10 stock and you have a put at the, um, at the eleven dollar uh, strike price, or, or just say, I guess say if you have a put um, at, if you bought a put and the stock price is at ten, but you bought the eleven strike price, then the it at ex and it's at expiration, then the intrinsic value of that option contract would be a dollar. Yeah. So. How, so at expiration, what's the numbers that calculates it? So it's like the break, it's like the premium minus the break even, right? Yeah, yeah. so if you, um, so say that same option contract, the stock's currently at 10, but you bought the 11 strike, but you only paid 50 cent for it. 
um, then you know you paid the 50 cents so now the stock's at 10 so the actual value of that put after you take out what you paid for it would actually be 50 cents um so it's what it's worth at the end of the day um that matters versus like all the extra stuff yeah it's the the actual value of the contract if you keep it to expiration and looking to execute. It's like, this is the value of the actual contract. The more important one is probably the extrinsic, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so like the in, the intrinsic thing is like, it doesn't account for like time, which is like theta, and it doesn't account for volatility. <laughs> it just counts for like what the option contract would be worth. So at that same example, it, the, the contract would be worth a dollar, but you pay 50 cent for it. So you would make 50 cent on that uh, scenario that we came up with. Uh, and, extrinsic, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, the intrinsic value doesn't really change too much over time, does it? It's the other one, the extrinsic changes. Yeah, so intrinsic value is what it's actually worth. Um, no matter everything what. Out, um, you know, taking everything else out. Extrinsic value is basically the premium that you pay. So what you pay extra for something um, based on time and volatility. So if you have a, um, if, if you sell an option contract that's out of the money or even at the money and its actual value may be worth nothing because it's not in the money. So it's intrinsic value wouldn't be worth anything, but because there's still time to go and you're, you have risk and there's volatility metrics involved, then there's an extrinsic value of the option contract. And as time goes away, the extrinsic value will go away and then it'll be worth what it's actually worth at expiration, which is its intrinsic value. Yeah, so for example, say you're buying an option, um, let's say you buy a naked call option two weeks out, you have to pay 200, 200 premium at, you know, when you purchase it and say you get all the way to expiration, um, you're going towards expiration. Let's say you go one week, one week um, in. So you, you've had it for one week and it's one week till expiration. That um, contract is going to, Say, say the stock price has not changed. The underlying stock price is exactly the same as when you bought it. You pay 200 premium. One weekend, for example, that you know you're going to lose money every time. Now that option premium may be worth, your contract may be worth 120 bucks and you've lost 80. That's the extrinsic value going away. When you buy options, that works against you you want your underlying stock price to go up as fast as possible. Thus you would make more money because you're not taking away your time decay. Now, if you sell options, the extrinsic value works basically for you. So as you go and that starts to, um, you know, decay off, you're making more, I mean, you're making money as a seller, but the buyer is um, losing money. And like John said, if you look at it at expiration and it's, out of the money, the intrinsic value at the end of the day would be zero because it's worthless. But up, up until the very end of the day, the contract is still worth some amount of money. That's the extrinsic value, basically.
Yeah, and, um, and option contracts that are out of the money or, um, you know, like out of the money or at the money would have extrinsic value and um, in the money options would have intrinsic value because they're currently actually worth something. Um, so like if you are like 45 days out and you sell a option contract that's in the money, well, it currently has value plus it has time element with the, with the length of the contract going away. And which is bad for the seller. At right, that which is bad for the seller. Um, but mainly what you want. So it, so time decay is an option sellers friend as Tom goes away on an option contract that has extrinsic value. You make money because as you get closer and closer to expiration, if the option contract doesn't have any intrinsic value, then it's not worth anything. And the closer you get to expiration, then the, the more it dwindles to nothing, the more the extrinsic value, the extra or the premium that you pay for it goes away in value because it's getting closer and closer and it's currently doesn't hold any intrinsic value. And the option buyer, they want that intrinsic value because at expiration, they want it to be worth something so they can, you know, claim that, uh, you know, the actual value of the contract. Yeah, so a little bit in summary, intrinsic value is what the it's worth, what your contract is actually worth. Extrinsic value is the added additional value that they add for the account for volatility, the time left on the contract and everything else, you know, that we've been discussing, discussing basically all the, the, you know, the um, Greek stuff like that, that builds up the extrinsic value. And when you're looking at options, the way you, you can think about this without going too far into, you know, different ways to use and that sort of thing, just on the surface, if you're buying options, um, you want intrinsic value. That means your contract is worth something, something at expiration. That means you're in the money. As a seller, you don't want the intrinsic value. You want that to be zero. And then extrinsic value, I guess, would be the same. As a buyer, you would want more, whereas a seller, you, you'd want that to dwindle i guess as a seller you would also want more at the beginning because that means higher premium higher credit that would come to you correct but you would want that to go you basically want to get as much premium when you sell you want to get as much premium as you can and to start not to move <laughs> basically unless you're buying you know if unless you're selling options i guess that are already in the money which is you know, risky business, but you'd probably get a lot of premium. That's a little different, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, uh, I think, you know, all the things that we've covered so far in our educational segments um, are really important to your understanding of them. So you can make a strategy around um, your option strategies. But I think one of the important things, um, and, you know, when someone comes to me and they're like, I want to learn about options or I want to, you know, start doing trades and options. Um, if, if they have enough money, like say they're interested in like, say Chris was interested in pen, but say it was back when pen was a, you know, 10 bucks or something and they were interested in pen. 
Um, now, Penn actually is kind of a bad example because they rallied very rapidly, and this wouldn't work as good as holding the stock. But what I over the long haul, if you instead of buying a hundred shares, if you want to get involved in options, you can sell at the money put. And that's the equivalent of buying those shares anyway, but you increase your probability, you reduce your cost for it. And that's a good way of getting started into options is what I usually tell people. You know, it would have been, um, I guess, I guess that would have still been decent in pin though, because if it'll, you could have, if you, if you did it, I guess not to add the money, if you sold an out of the money put, on purpose to, to get the shares you could you could um stockpile shares from being wrong basically yeah i mean i think uh, you know like so like marathon for example it's a really cheap stock it's like around five bucks or 450. um what i like to do in marathon uh, because it's so cheap as i'll sell it at the money put and i just sell a bunch of those however many shares of marathon i want and that's a stock that I would normally buy, but because, you know, I don't really buy shares of stock, I want to lower my cost for it. So if it goes down, I've lowered my cost, I get it at an even better deal. Um, and I do it 45 days out. And if you want to, you can even do like a, a credit spread on the other side to further reduce your volatility of it. But if you just sell uh, options and stock you want to own anyway it's a really good way to learn how options move and the intrinsic value and you can watch the extrinsic value go away as you get closer to expiration and and also it's a good way of, it's kind of uh, put options are kind of like limit orders you just get them at a cheaper price but you get paid to take that order so yes that's um that's one thing i've been trying to you know tell people, I think we've, we've mentioned a few times in our Pivotal Trading Discord, um, we've talked to people on Twitter that has asked us questions about options. If it's something you think like, so pin, I knew that was gonna fly up pretty quick. So buying the shares, you'll make the money on it going up. Um, but say you're trying to start a portfolio for the long term. Um, you want to buy you want to buy the shares anyhow. So say you have enough money in your account, you're going to buy a hundred shares. I like the dividend stocks because you can compound your dividend. You've heard some of our guests on the show tell you about the power of doing that. Let's say AT and T, which is at like under twenty nine dollars right now. Let's say before Friday it went under twenty nine dollars. It was a little bit above um, twenty nine. I think it was thirty the day before. Say you want to buy. Um, shares of AT&T, but you're yeah, not going to... company we just talked about with DirecTV. They own them now. <laughs> yeah, so... If you want to buy it, that shit company, <laughs> go ahead. I, I don't want to talk too much because I actually bought AT&T like 20 shares on Friday. <laughs> I'll, I'll get into AT&T. You're like that piece of shit company. You know what they done with the NFL shit? I bought 20 That's, shares. I, I'm blaming that on DirecTV. I'm not blaming that on AT&T. I'm sure they, they bought them for the... <laughs> I'm sure they bought him for the, oh, shit. Johnny Hecker just got taken out. The punter for the Rams, somebody, like, speared him. That's going to be a 15-yard penalty. But anyhow, um, say you want to buy AT&T and you want to keep it, you know, 10 or 15 years and you think it's going to go up over time. Well, what you can do is you don't really, it's not going to go up in the short term. So if you say you bought them at the $29, you're going to buy 100 shares, you bought them at the $29. 
Well, over time, it's going to be worth more than $29 for sure. What you could have done was sold a put in AT&T. If, um, if it went up right, right then, well, you're going to make money on the fact that you sold the put. But if it goes down and, um, you know, if AT&T went down and you're wrong, you're going to be forced to take the 100 shares of AT&T Except now, instead of you taking that, buying the shares of AT&T at $29, it's went down to $28. Now you get to buy the 100 shares of $28. So all you did was cut yourself a deal, but also you gave yourself the opportunity to make a little money if it did go up in the short term. But now you just own the 100 shares that you were going to buy anyhow to keep for the long term. So either way, you're good. Now, I bought AT&T because they're actually pretty good um, out of the dividends companies. They're They're one of the one of the pretty good um, percent yielding ones. They raise their dividend every year. And I've been looking at which ones again to, I've owned a, I own a couple now, but um, cause that's what I do for long-term investing. If you're a new listener, I, I do the dividend stocks for my long-term portfolio. I try to take profits out of every time when I do my short trades. So I make a hundred dollar profit. I might take 25 of that and put it directly into my dividend stocks and use the other 75 or whatever. And then I put money you know, some money each week, every paycheck in for my long-term investments. But I, I saw a good post on Twitter. Right now, um, the way AT&T's dividend yields are, if you own 54 shares of AT&T, you get enough dividend each quarter to buy another share of AT&T. So in order to buy another share of AT&T with your dividend, you would need like, it's like 54, or 50, I think it's 57 actually. You would you would buy 57 shares of AT&T and every quarter you would get enough dividend to buy another share, which you would, you know, do that. And then that would compound into even more dividends. So, I, but, and it's a cheap one where you don't have to, so like Apple, you know, is 120 bucks, AT&T is 20 something. So, you know, you don't have to have a bunch of money to, you know, buy a couple, you ain't buying one at a time. You can buy, you know, 10, 20, 18 T's at a time. But that's a whole separate story. Um, you got anything else on the intrinsic, extrinsic value? No, sir. Pretty straightforward. Um, it's not something you really don't even have to look at. It depends on what you watch. And if you watch the Tasty Trade stuff, they're going to talk about it a lot. It's there and you need to know what it is. But in my opinion, like John said at the beginning, it's more of knowing, knowing um, the concept, what works for the seller, what works against the buyer, that sort of stuff is what you need to know, which inherently is the intrinsic and extrinsic value, whether you know that's the definition or not, isn't that big a big of deal because as long as you know, you know what helps the seller and then if you're a buyer, what works against you, that's, that's what's important. Agreed. Yes, sir. Yeah, so that was start, stop jargon with John. Um, I would say come back Friday to see what we're going to discuss next, but I hope we, I'm hoping to have another interview. I'm hoping we have interviews every Friday. Well, I guess Thursday, I'm hoping we have interviews on every Friday show that we will do live on Thursday, a recording. Um, not sure we're going to have this week, John. This is going to, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, you, you would know that me and John brainstorm about the show 
on the show. So this is what's going to happen right here. Uh, this week, John, I was thinking about if we, since we've recently joined Pivotal Trading and we haven't, besides Dustin, who's been on the show, you know, hosted the show with you and that sort of thing, been on the show multiple times, people know him. I was thinking we start going through the list and having, you know, one each week of the other people to, to introduce them. I was actually thinking the other John this week, because we haven't had any shows about technical analysis, so that would be another concept that's different from what we've talked about thus far. He's the technical analysis guy. We can come on and, you know, jump into technical analysis, do some discussion there. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You know, I'd like to I have a few questions of my own on that on that subject. So it'd be nice to have someone on that's uh, that's their main deal, uh, kind of get some information and get some broader knowledge. Yeah, and I think the technical analysis, I think it could even help me because there are some, I mean, you see people all the time, there's formations that are pretty much every time this happens, this happens. Now that's very, very short term. That doesn't have anything to do with, that may not even have to do with the next day or two days from now. That may be, if this happens in the next few minutes, this is going to happen. And if you know that, you might be able to catch something at the right time. But anyhow, that would give our listeners a chance to meet some of the new Pivotal Trading people that also on the Pivotal Trading. John was one of the founding members of Pivotal Trading. Um, and then the, while we're on the subject, um, if you join the Discord and that sort of thing, we actually have a spot in the Discord where if you don't know how to do technical analysis or charting, you can literally get in there and say, I want a 30 minute chart of Apple or I want whatever technical analysis you want and John will do it for you and put it back in there done with the lines drawn and the analysis done. So that's a, that's one of the things you get by joining the pivotal trading discord is you can literally request technical analysis to be done and that's included. So definitely join that. If you haven't joined only $5, well, we got a free version and then we have a level one, $5 a month, which is again, we've talked plenty of times about how easy that is to cover. With that, let's move into our buy sell stocks of the week. If you're new to the show, this is where we have a competition among each other and we pick one stock we like each week, one stock we dislike. It's, this is a show for regular folks. So the stock has to be under or around $50. Sometimes we'll allow over $50 if everyone agrees. And if it's near $50, um, We'll allow it, but mostly under $50. We go up, we look at the opening price on Monday, we look at the closing price on Friday, compare those, whoever has the best percentage in the correct um, direction gets a point. At the end of the quarter, somebody loses and there'll be some sort of punishment. And I think this time, since we kind of started late, I think this competition is gonna to go to the end of the year. So this is kind of a double up competition. The current standings as of week one, is um, Dustin has won and nobody else has any points. This is only the second week. We, we did pretty bad the first week. I don't think they're going to be any better this week after the drop on. They were really good until the drop on Friday, which sucks. And that's one of the things that happens. If there's a the price changes a lot on Friday, then you lose. Because a lot of these picks were really good until Friday. Um, I guess, John, you got the Yahoo Finance pulled up so we can go through these. Um, almost. Let's see here. Yeah, John's going to get Yahoo Finance pulled up on the screen again. Uh, this is no ad for Yahoo Finance. It's just easy to see um, 
basically the week change for each of the stocks, easy to search. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this on the screen. If you're listening, I mean, we're saying them out loud. It's not that big of a deal. While John's pulling that up, update on um, the Rams and the Cowboys. Um, the Rams kicked field goal is 20 to 17. Rams, the Cowboys are in scoring position, though. And I'm not sure if that was third down or fourth down, but the Rams just got to stop. Uh, stop. So either the Cowboys just turned it over on downs at like their 10-yard line or they're about to kick a field goal and tie it. So really good game. Really good game. Um, John, you got that pulled up? Yes, sir. Can you get on the screen? Not the screen oh. share? Yeah, here we go. Okay. So we're, we're first going to start with um, the recap picks from last week. Um, let's start, I guess, with um, the other John, technical analysis John. His buy pick was United Airlines. Everyone was expecting an airline stimulus last week. Um, on Thursday, the Senate blocked all stimulus talks, and that's basically why um, there was a nosedive on Friday because there's not going to be a stimulus at this point in time or in any kind of future unless something changes. So United Airlines, John, for the buy stock. And this is the one I was directly looking at that was doing really well until Friday, so he it might have actually went down on the week. I'm not really sure. Friday – Killed it. It was at $37, I think, on Thursday. So it, it may have went down a whole dollar on Friday. And while we're here, so this is, we'll do it in a weird order. So if you're listening, just keep up because this is going to be John Burrell's sales stock. So we're going to know right away um, that as well. What was, what was the date for uh, the date? Was the seventh was uh, Monday? Um, well, just go to the one where it skips the day. It's the fourth, right? No, seven. Hold up. What are you doing? Is that right? That's Tuesday, right? Tuesday's the eighth. Yes. Oh yeah, it's supposed to be Tuesday. You had me all confused. Last week was Memorial Day, so we started on Tuesday. So I was like, that's four. That's that's not a week. Yeah, so Tuesday. Tuesday, United Airlines opened at $37.30, and it closed on Friday at $36.07, so it went way down by like a dollar, um, 3%. It looks like three, no, is that 3.5% change? The 3.5% down. Um, John, let me pause right here because this is something that me and you discussed about, and we were all confused because we were talking about can you trade futures and that sort of thing. I think the market was open on um, Monday until noon. Yes. So it was like odd. It's like you could have traded until noon, but then it closed until six. So it actually on Sunday night it opened at six, and then it closed at um, noon. Noon on Monday. Was it? So I, I get confused because what we was looking at was Central Time. Is it? it might I think it was actually one our time. Yeah, so it closed at one our time, and the um, Memorial Day for Futures was one p.m. Monday to six p.m. Monday. <laughs> but yeah, that that was I I didn't know really what went on there. But um, yeah, United Airlines went down three and a half percent, which is good for 
John Burrell because his is now on the board with the sale stock because that was his sale stock at three and a half percent is a pretty good mark for one week. And remember, this was controversial at the time. It was controversial at the time because we expected a stimulus. If the stimulus would have happened, there's no chance it would have went down. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Dustin Fugate's um, buy stock, which was Delta Airlines. <laughs> Probably similar, similar thing. Delta did boom on Tuesday. When the market opened, Delta, Delta did boom up a little bit. I don't know if it boomed up enough to hold it above above um what it closed at i don't think so i think it went I, uh, it may have it may may have been close i don't know i think it went down looking at what we have currently computers sh being shitty so it closed on friday at 31 dollars and 70 cents and it opened on tuesday at 3140 it closed at 31.70, so 30 cents increase, 0.22, so Dustin is on the board, so if no one else is go up, he's gonna win with that small little increase right there. So he, this was his sales stock? No, buy. It went up, like 10 huh? cents. Yeah, 31. Oh, from where it opened, it opened at 31.40. Closed at 31.70. Well, they show it as like no that's the high for the day so the the bar charts on yahoo if y'all look at yahoo finance oh, on a day -to -day, the day-to-day is a high so it went up on tuesday to like 32 or 33 something so it's technically down from that uh okay i got you yeah so 3310 was I. but if you want if you um we normally say them on the show on the picks not normally on the review go back john um well, no, this is fine. This is fine right here. Um, we normally say Yahoo's finances outlook. Right now it has Delta as short-term bearish, mid-term bullish, long-term bearish. If you remember from our show last week when we were announcing this pick, every single one of the airlines was short-term bullish, mid-term bullish, long-term bearish. So something happened with Delta over the week that made their outlook flip short-term from bullish to bearish. Just, just something to keep in mind if you like playing the airline stocks, with, especially with no stimulus coming. Um, Burrell's um, buy was USO, the United States oil fund. I assume it got stomped on. Yeah. Oil was terrible last week. Oil, I think, was so bad that John's about to play futures bullish. It <laughs> drops so bad. Um, USO on Tuesday opened at 20, maybe not, John, look at you. Uh -huh. It opened at 26.88 and it closed at 27.04. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Something's not right on the percentage. Go back. 26.88 and then 27.04. Why is it showing a negative percent? Oh, it was up uh, like 1%. It's the difference between this and that. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, so what? what's the number on there? Um, we it's like 1%. You think it's one? Yeah. Where'd you get that from? So it only I, went up like 10 cents. Oh, well, maybe it's not one. Maybe it's like... 
half. 20, let's see, 27.04 minus 26.88 divided by 26.88 times 100. 0.59%. So you are ahead of Dustin currently. 0.59%. Mine got killed on Friday. The same thing. It was up. My, my buy stock for last week was Spirit. So we, yeah, we've hit it. The airlines that got crushed this week. Yeah, we were banking on the stimulus, which was supposed to happen. Delta, I'm hoping it, it was an. It was enough to kind of do what Dustin did, but I don't think so. I think it got crushed enough on Friday that went down. And spirits also changed short-term bearish, mid-term bullish, long-term bearish. So the short-term flipped for them as well. Damn it. It opened on Tuesday at 17.51. It closed on Friday at 17.28. So that's a loss. So John gets a point for his 0.59% um, improvement. That is two out of four. We were two out of four on the buy stocks. Um, one thing to point out again, mentioned in the outlooks, Delta and Spirits flipped. I assume Americans probably flipped as well. United's did not flip. United has still had a short-term bullish um, classification. So something else there. I know um, one of the news thing I saw is um, so the way major air airports work, John, is if um, you know. Each Delta American, they have their own, I'm like, um, I don't know what they call gates, where they you load on the plane or stuff. If they don't use those a certain percentage of the time, then I think they get, like, they lose them. I think the um, administration, whatever the administration is, they're trying to, like, give a, a waiver right now, preventing people from losing their gates if they're not using them because there's not as many flights right now. Out of all the airlines, Spirit actually went on the opposite. And they were like, no, 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 don't, don't do it. We don't want that. I think Spirit's trying to, um, where they're the cheaper airlines, more younger people travel Spirit. They do a lot more re recreational. I think Spirit is going to, you know, they're doing enough flights that they're trying to increase their gates if there's not a waiver because they'll steal some of the people's who's not using them. I think like Delta's only using like 60% of their gates. So that that was interesting. If if the waiver don't pass and Spirit can hop in and take some of Delta's spaces at like these major airports like um O'Hara and LAX and stuff like that, it could be interesting. But that was just something I that's just something I saw as I as I was scrolling through the news earlier. Um Let's move on to our sales stocks. John, um, technical analysis, John, John the trader. Um, his sales stock was Rocket RK, RKT, which is pretty new. This is the one John was like, what in the hell's going on? John don't pay attention to stocks that much. This is a real popular one right now. He was looking at the chart and he was like, what in the hell is this? But um, I think Rocket got killed at their earnings. Um, Yahoo has short-term bearish, mid-term neutral, long-term neutral. And basically no one really knows because again, it's new. On Tuesday last week, it opened at $23.02. It closed at $22.75. Go back. I don't know if I read it right. $23.02. Okay, $23.02. It closed at, oh, that's right, $22.75. Is that percentage right? 
That seem that don't seem right. Seven point four. It's I don't know what's going on. Yeah, seven point four percent don't seem right. Let's re let's recalculate this one too. Go back to the the open. Twenty three point oh two minus twenty two seventy five. Bye bye twenty three point oh two. Yeah, so it, it went down one point one seven percent. So it went down, so John's in the running. One point one seven percent on Rocket. Going on to Dustin's, which um <laughs> Got a big laugh in the Discord, and honestly, I haven't heard much about this stock, so I don't know how, I guess Dustin, you know, at the right place at the right time, but I heard, like, major places talking about this stock, CM, John even has it pulled up, Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, I heard, like, CNBC talking about this, Tasty Works were talking about Bed Bath & Beyond last week, so <laughs> a lot of people were not on the Bed Bath & Beyond going up train. But Yahoo Finance has short-term bullish, mid-term bearish, long-term bullish. I actually think that flipped, too. I think they had bearish across the board last week, and it skyrocketed, it looks like. It opened on Tuesday at $11.52, closed at $12.03, so it went up, so it doesn't matter. Um, that was a pretty big jump right there Something for Bed Bath & Beyond, 50 cents. Probably pretty good option play right there. You'd have been on right time. Um Burrell's sales stock we already went to was um, United Airlines. It went down 3.5%, so he's currently winning. And mine, again, was the worst timing possible. I picked um, Nicola, which as soon as Tuesday opened, GM announced that I'm pretty sure it might not even be been Tuesday. It might have been the same day we recorded the show just afterwards because we recorded the show earlier in the day. Um. So Nicola, which is an electric um, vehicle company that kind of just started, don't really have any sales, but they do have a truck called the Badger. It, it looks pretty dang cool. It's a lot better than Tesla's truck that they <laughs> the Tesla's um, non-destructible truck that Elon Musk threw a rock through on national television. <laughs> but um, Nicola was in the news. Now it did help. It might have helped me a little bit because Nikola shot up so much when GM bought it, but something was wrong in their book and it come, and a report came out that this might be a fraud and GM lost a lot of money, shot down, and it looks like Nikola might have shot down $10. Let's go, I'm gonna win. Go back to Tuesdays. John already knows what happened. It opened on Tuesday at $46. It closed on um, Friday at $32.13. Um, let's see what that is because I don't trust their thing. Um, 46 minus 32, 13 divided by 46. John, that's 30%. I think I, I win this week. So I picked the sales side, you win. <laughs> yeah, so it was the perfect time to, I thought it was the worst time. It was the perfect time to pick Nicola. So normally, if y'all listen to the show, y'all listen to the podcast on Monday in the morning. And you might not know how it normally works. Me and John normally record Sunday evening. What do you say, John? Anywhere from 6 to 8 normally. Tonight yeah. it's freaking, freaking late that we're recording. I'm like tired. I'm, I'm sure you watch it can hear it in the voice that it's like late and see it in our eyes. But um, we recorded last Sunday for some reason earlier in the day. We were supposed to record at like 10, 11, but 
me and John both were taking showers about 11, ended up being like noon or one or something. But anyhow, we recorded earlier in the day. I think G, um, the news broke later on in the day, which would have been about the time we was recording. Thus, the stock market shot up in pre, <laughs> the Nicola shot up in pre-market to $46 and open. And that is what, how this game can really come to help you. Sometimes it hurts you if it shoots down on Friday, but it can also help you if you get a gap up. So I, so current standings with this week's point that for this week, I get a point on the sale. John gets a point. John Burrell gets a point on the um, buy. So the current standings is myself one, John Burrell one, Dustin one, um, John the Trader zero. Let's go in the picks for this week. Um, I actually did not get Dustin and John's picks. I asked for them. I guess they just hadn't been on there. They've been watching football too much and, you know, forgot to send them in. So, sucks for them. They're losing out on opportunity to get a point this week. So, it's not good for them. But, um, John, what do you got for your buy this week? Let's go over yours first. All right. I had something and then I changed it. So, I'm going to ask you a question. How much above 50 are we allowing? I thought we weren't allowing anything over 50. You went above 50 on one. Oh, that's right. It was like well, multiple on like healthcare or something. Oh, we, yeah, we, said, right. we always say around 50, but we've never defined what that is. I guess like below like 55. All right. So I can't use it. I was going to use one that's at 56. I mean, I don't know. Um, is it recently been below 50? I don't like think last so. Last week, was it any time like? Let me look. Let me look. I don't I don't think so, though. I think it's it's replicable enough that it probably probably doesn't move too much. Um, it's, a, it's probably a cheap shot anyhow, so I probably should just not do it for the sake of the game. But let's see. It actually went down last week, so it was higher than – it opened on Friday at 60, and it finished at 56.90. Oh. It's 52-week low. It's 39, though. And the 52-week high is 61. So it's at, it was at its high on, fr on Friday, the 52-week high. I won't use it because it's cheating anyhow. I was going to pick Oracle and, and bust all y'all again on the TikTok news. <laughs> 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 because okay, it might gap up and then it, go down. It's gonna gap up. Yeah, but it's gonna. It's on my buy, so the gap up might. Right, but it's oh, just the open. That's good point. That's actually exactly what's gonna happen. By Friday, it'll be under what. It, my prediction is it will continue up for a while. I think it could be under Friday what it gaps up to. Um, but I have something else. What was it? Uh, what was my other one? I haven't heard down. Hold up. If you're listening, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and share mine. Yeah, so, uh, ahead, John. So, my, um, uh, this is the buy one, right? Yeah, the buy. So, we're going to do SVXY. All right. So SVXY is the one where volatility, it goes up and volatility goes down, right? 
Right. Okay. And it looks like it closed at 35.15. Um, so that's pretty high, John. We'll see. SVXY is John's. Whew. Which one of these do I want to pick? Which I hope, I don't know. I, I kind of hope I'm wrong because if SVXY goes down, I mean, goes up, then there's a good chance the market goes up. It's going up. It's a, I mean, why don't you use this to your advantage? We have the historic data that says normally on the triple witching days, which this is quadruple witching, that it's a bullish week. Yeah, talking about that, uh, futures are up 1.18%. Yeah, right after we get done with this, we should go into the witching because I guess that is important. We should have probably did that for We should probably did what yeah, that is. Yeah, we did that before, like the last time it was witching, we covered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying we, we probably should have just did that for the educational segment. Um, but, yeah, we'll go into the futures right after we get done, right before we close the show. So, John's is SVXY. Um, I was torn, John. What do I want? Which... I mean, any gold company, any no, no, no. I, I have two in my head, but one of them's earnings is next week. And I'm trying to decide if I want to wait and pick those for its earnings week, but it may go up this week in because the earnings is like Tuesday or Wednesday. And then the other one I think is an easy pick. So UNG is always a good one. No, it's, uh, it's I don't trust it. Um, <laughs> let's go with um, Stitch Fix. So S F I X. Which, if you listen to our last show, you've heard Fat Baby Funds rave about it. This one, I was been, I've been on for a while. It actually, the only reason I'm picking it because it dropped on Friday. It closed on Friday at twenty six ninety five, but on Thursday at one point it was at twenty nine dollars. So there's some room there just from the drop on Friday. Short term, it has it as bearish on Yahoo Finance. Mid term bullish. Long term bullish. Um, their earnings are next week, and I think their earnings are going to be pretty good. So that's why I was trying to decide if I want to wait. But the other one I had in my head was DraftKings because of the of all the football starting this week. And apparently I've seen a lot of people report that the gambling numbers were ridiculously high this week. And once the report gets um, put out, that those will go up. But DraftKings is so high, it would have to boom up to meet the percentage, basically. So I'm going with this one instead. So Stitch Fix, which I, I like long-term, and apparently so does Yahoo Finance. Um, John, what's your sale? My sale? See, I'm not liking – a lot of my sales are kind of expensive. Uh, let me see. Um, I had a lot of I – had, I had trouble with this one because of the drop on Friday. The drop on Friday put some of the things that had went up last week back down to basically where they they were. So if we have any bullish week at all, I think they're going to go up. I think this is a harder week for the the um, sale. You picked SVXY, you could always go UVXY. Nah. Um, let's let's same, do uh, same thing. I want to do XLF again. XLF, which is the financial um, Actually, sector. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I want to change that. 
Let's do okay. FAZ, the triple leverage. Uh, see, is it bullish? Wait, is it? FAZ, is that what's that on the Hang back? on, let me make sure. Hang is on, that the financial sure. one as well? Yeah, but let me make sure that's the right direction. FA. Yeah, yeah. No, no, let's do XLF. My fault. It says bear ETF. Yeah. So it'd go up if it was wrong. So XLF, which is a financial ETF, um, yep. it goes it goes up when the financial stuff goes up. I actually think that's a pretty good um pick. I hopped on something last week that I I saw um again Will Mead post on Twitter, which again he's used to run a hedge fund, very successful trader, and he kind of puts out when order flows are coming in something. I jumped on on a put of kind of like the financial sector. It might've been XLF and I, I made some money on that. So XL, we got XLF. It's um, closed on Friday at 24.71. Pull up, how did it do last week? So last week, XLF opened on Monday at 25.04, closed at 24.71, so it was a drop. Over the week, John thinks it's going to drop farther, which probably decent. I mean, that's probably a pretty decent pick. Um, my sell stock again. I had some trouble. Um, it's going to be interesting because I, I did choose this one before we got on the show. My sell pick is SVXY, which John picked for his buy. <laughs> so John's thinking that um, volatility will continue to contract. I'm saying it's going to rise and this is kind of um my pick in it is i'm with john I, I do think volatility is going to contract tomorrow but i think by the end of the day friday there will be some sort of rise back possibly i'm not sure that kind of goes against me thinking it's going to be a bullish week a little bit but normally the week after witching is bearish so i think we could get a little bit of that early because it, it dropped so much on Friday. Because if you're paying attention on Friday, the fr market was freaking crazy. I think we had the most um, jumps between positive and negative that we've had in a long, long time, like huge jumps. I think the Dow Jones at one point was, you know, like plus 100 points and then down 70 points and then up 50 points and then down 30 points. So it was crazy. But volatility went down all day. So even though the market shot down there at the end of the day, volatility continued going down so that normally don't doesn't happen so we'll see but i'm picking svxy for my sale john's picking it for his buy so it should be interesting um yeah so that's pretty much all i have um on our normal stuff john's been trading futures since six o'clock um why don't you give us a little insight on how the future's been doing it's been a rocket ship i think yeah so Futures, the S&P 500 futures are up um, over 1%. I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, so it's up uh, one uh, over 1% uh, here. Um, the Dow Jones and the da NASDAQ are both over 1%. NASDAQ's over uh, or right at a percent and a half. Russell's um, one and a quarter percent um, up on the night so far. Um, oil, I've been uh, dabbling in oil a little bit here. Um, 
Let's see where that's at. What John is saying is tomorrow is looking like one hell of a bullish day. Yeah, oil is up um, almost 1% as well. So, you know, it, it looks it looks like everything's going to be up tomorrow pretty much. Um, let's, see where, Go for uh, let's see where gold's at. Gold's up as well. Silver's up. It, it looks like we're having a bull day tomorrow, boys. Which is good for you because you still got your position in the in the metals in the small exchange. So if gold and silver both go up, that means your position is for sure going up. Yeah, I think I took some money from uh, the Tasty uh, Trade people because uh, they've been shorting. You know, they're contra contrarians for the most part. So when something goes up, they like they bet that it goes down or whatever. And, and they're they doing that just about. because and that. Before we move on with that, the Tasty Trade people, a lot of people do that. And John's um, kind of similar on how he trades most of the thing, but he does go outliers a lot. That's why where he got the 45-day expiration. The Tasty Trade people have done it so long, things going down normally happens more often than things booming up. So if you play the down over a long period of time, you are probably have a better winning um, percentage than if you play up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, well, the good thing about playing to the downside is you get the velocity, you get the quick, you know, spikes down versus on the way up. Usually things don't crash up, but. Yeah, you always hear people say um, you take a, um, the stairs up, but it's an elevator down. Yeah, so that's the, that's, you know, the good thing about shorting is you can make it very quickly. But yeah, the uh, precious metals, you know, I'm bullish on that. I'll probably continue to be bullish. The thing that I've been looking at with uh, precious metals is that the volatility. So we talk about volatility, and, and we were just talking about it for our picks. The volatility, there's a volatility gauge for precious metals. Did you know about that? Do what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, gold's, um, the gold volatility has been, like, going up, right? No, it's been going down. Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, contracting. So, something about that the other day. So um, the gold volatility um, index is GVZ. Uh, so you can look that up. It's been trending down, which is, you know, when volatility of an asset goes down, that's really good for the asset. So, um I'm very bullish on precious metals. The small exchange precious metals has uh, mostly gold and then the next holding is silver and then platinum. So bullish on those. Um, if you don't have a, a subscription to the small exchange, go over there and, and subscribe. I think it's like a hundred bucks. Um, they're still running the promotion, trying to get people in there. And I think, I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but the, um, the, Technology futures product that they recently launched was commission free um, since they just launched it. So, um, excuse me, they've been a lot of um, opportunities in the tech sector, especially the futures product that they made. It had pretty much been going up the whole time. So, if the market does continue to, to go down and we have volatility expand, one of the best things to short when volatility increases is going to be the tech sector and technology 
volatility has been increasing as, as well as the VIX. So it's something to watch. If we see volatility not wanting to come down and it starts to go up, then, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a, a good shorting opportunity for all the bears. Yeah, you know, John makes a lot of good points right there. Talking about the volatility, that's something that you get it either way. I see people all the time saying volatility is something that you can't um, count on, but I think you you can count count on it. I mean, there's certain times you can't always count on it, but like the other day when we had that big drop last week, volatility when it was rising the same amount as the, you know, SPY basically at the same the VIX was rising basically the same, you know, um, what's the word? Um, slope of the SPY that normally means um, that the market's about to crash. Yeah, and, and volatility, um, you know, it's starting to contract again, but that sudden spike was, uh, you know, it's pretty – Pretty wide, I mean, pretty powerful spike there that we had in volatility. I'm looking at the volatility futures index right now, and it's around 25.45. So the VIX is, when it closed, was at 26.87. So it looks like volatility is going down, and that's to be expected with futures up a percent right now at the moment. But what do you think about um, your competitor, John? Is FedEx going up on earnings? Their earnings is this, what's today? Their earnings is um, Tuesday after hours. So are we playing FedEx as bullish or is it dropping? It's bullish. Um, but you know, let me, hold up, before you say that, let me tell you how much it's went up thus far and you may say that it's already at its, its peak, especially if it goes up more tomorrow. On Friday, FedEx went up $8.35, and it went up $4.60 after hours. So we're at $12 from Friday. Yeah, I'd say buy a call on that puppy. It's at $237.45. What, what strike are we looking at for calls? Um, I mean, just to let you know, shipping is exploding right now. Um, I mean – but is it going to be is it going to be one of them things where um, the expected is so high it's unreachable and great earnings kills it like some of the other things we've had? Well, that's a good point. You know, I'm not sure what the expected is, but I can tell you firsthand that shipping is booming right now. Has, like, UP, has UPS um, had their earnings for this quarter? Let's see. What happened? I mean, that's, that's the easiest tell. Whatever happened to UPS is probably going to be exactly the same for FedEx. Um, I think they've already had – yeah, they, they, I'm pretty sure they've already had their earnings. Um, I can't remember. It's, let's see. Yeah, they, well, they had their – I'm not sure. I, I don't pay attention a, a whole lot to individual stocks so much. Um, UPS is one that I that I um, have owned in the past. Um, yeah, and before we get in trouble with any SEC, John works for UPS, so that's, yeah, so, that's why I figured um, you knew right offhand. 
Yeah, they had earnings in Ju- the July 30th. Also, oh, they haven't had earnings now. Like, I guess it's I guess it's still Q2, but it's getting late for Q2. Some people's got like Q3 coming up, don't they? In October. Yeah, I guess it just depends on. <laughs> I'm not actually sure what depends on the earnings. Their physical year, when it starts and ends, or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know all the similar stocks are always at the same time. Like the bank earnings are always the same. So, so UPS's earnings is October 27th. Yeah. All right. So John says we're playing calls in FedEx, but you're not playing naked calls in FedEx unless you got some bread. Um, you let's see, John. Uh, a call in FedEx right now. You want to do a two thirty-five call in FedEx? It's at two thirty-seven forty-five. Was a close two thirty-five call. Um, take a guess at the unit price on that bad boy. <laughs> Four hundred. Ten ten eighty. So thousand eighty. Woo. For a two thirty-five, a two forty, which is three dollars, which is probably will hit. What's FedEx's ticker? FDX. Now, what you could do with FedEx, which is a lot of what retail investors do, and that's why uh, that's why the market hates us, is you could go up way out of the money here. Let's say you could go up to this um, two two sixty five call for two hundred and forty two dollars, and if it goes up at all, your your premium is going to go up, and you sell it right away. I mean, you're going to get the same you're going to get the same return either way. So you can play out of the if you think it's going to boom out of the, you can play out of the money calls, but it's risky. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really looked into what is expected, but I'm telling you, man, the shipping business is booming. I might play it, John. I might play it. I might go up here and buy. I might go buy this two eighty five call at a hundred bucks. The problem is with it is the expected. I don't know what the expected is. But even if you see, I don't even, that's the problem right there is the expected. Well, so that's easy to find. People, there's 50,000 Twitter accounts that post all the earnings every week and tell you what they expected. Well, our, our friend Ivana Placco from Options Universe um, posts every, every week the, um, the earnings. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's hard to find out. I'm just saying, like, how good is it going to be versus the expected is the question. Well, what I'm saying is if it goes, so what I'm saying is I might, if you play a lottery one, which is way high, you're not really, you don't care if it hits in the money. You don't care if it reaches you're in the money. You just want it to go up any so you can get your boost and then you sell it right away. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I, I guarantee um, when I listen to Tasty Trade tomorrow that they're selling um, FedEx options oh yeah for sure the premium is going to be good ain't it yeah you could do an iron condor what would that cost yeah but that's you no the iron condor i do not think that's the play oh you'd be risking like five hundred dollars yeah and also you don't know how much it it could like boom up i think you got to pick either it's going up or going down and you play something on to your side I mean, earnings is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Wait, wait, this is quarter two. Yeah, earnings is going to be fantastic. Peloton went up 9%, and it probably is going to keep getting better. We're almost in Christmas time. And um, I've one of my buddies at work, he doesn't trade the stock market at all. Every year, now he probably won't this year because it's so high, but 
he says that every year, normally around November, he buys like three or four Amazon stocks and sells them in February. And normally makes a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks or so. Just playing wow. Amazon's Christmas um spike. But anyhow, um we got to go back to the buy and sell because John just got John, the other John just got his picks in. And um, again, they're new to the game, the buy and sell game. So he forgot the rules for a little bit. His original picks were buy Apple, sell FedEx, which is what got us on FedEx was buy Apple, sell FedEx, both way over the limit on, on this. But um, he, he re re gave his picks. The buy for this week is Twitter. So buy of, is Twitter. I actually don't like Twitter stock. But they closed on Friday at 38.93, so it looks like they've been up for a while. Short-term bearish, mid-term bullish, long-term um, bullish. That had a huge drop on that Thursday when the market crashed, it looks like. Um, and then his sale was GM, so he's basically playing the fact that Nicola is a, a scam, possibly. Nicola um, is definitely a scam, guys. I don't know if it's a scam like people like the report was saying. Oh, for sure. Do you think you think they don't have a company and they're just they don't have a company. They do have a company. They don't have a company. They have a company. They don't have a company. I think this is gonna turn around and I think it's already turned around. Look up how the stock even came into existence. No, no, but no, listen to what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking some news already came out because I actually owned some GM shares and it dropped all the way down to like $29, $28. And then all of a sudden on Friday, it spiked back up. I'm thinking that something changed. Now there was, I, who knows if it's a scam or not, as far as they have a company, GM paid $2 billion. So I hope um, GM got screwed um, because that'd be hilarious. And I'm a Ford guy just from personal opinions, not stock wise, but just personal preference. Um, so I think it'd be funny if GM got scammed on $2 billion to be a major company. Um, I'm not really sure. I think Barron's or someone put out a report that they, um, thinks GM stock could double because of Nicola. So I think something actually came out, maybe that it wasn't a scam. I think, again, what happened, I think originally a report came out that some, they were getting scammed, but I think what ended up being, what ended up happening was something was wrong in Nicola's book. Like there was like a mistake. Yeah, there's some mistakes. <laughs> Either way, I'm not playing Nicola or GM anymore. I got out of my GM um, and John thinks it's going to go down. I don't, I, it, it probably will. I think you'll be back. Joker right here. GM's not going to zero. Not GM. <laughs> I'm about to say GM is not going to zero. But um, that's all we have for the show. Last thing is I got an update on the football score. It just ended, John. I think we're getting paid. I think we're getting paid. Um, and the reason I think that is that I kind of missed the end of the game. I know the um, Rams were winning by three with like under two minutes left. The Cowboys had the ball, but I saw them interviewing Aaron Donald, which normally means they won. Oh, yep, the Rams won by three, 20 to 17. That means I hit a three-team parlay. I picked the Bears to win, the Packers to win, and the Rams, all the dogs. Give me that 960 odds. We got one fifty dollars there on a five dollar bet. That's pretty good return. A lot better than I'm doing in the stock market. And then <laughs> I 
had um, $50 on the Rams plus 39 thanks to FanDuel and won $45 there. So I basically won 100 bucks on um, that game right there, John. Hell yeah. To add on to the, the money I won on the Saints game, I hit on the Bills game, the Ravens game, uh, the Seahawks game, and – I already said the same. So I hit on like four or five other games today. I had a really good game um, day betting. So I'm gonna have to start playing in that. So a lot of that I think is going into my investing portfolio tomorrow. So that's good, 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 good. And um, if you're not following us yet on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Swingit. Um, follow Pivotal Trading at Pivotal underscore Trading. Join the Discord. There's a free version. Try it out for a week. And then go ahead and level up to um, level one. It's only $5 a month. That's nothing. You'll get that with the probably the picks tomorrow. So, um, yeah, just keep on doing that. It's um, quadruple witching week, normally bullish. So, it should be a fun week. I'm ready to get back to trading. John Dunn came me up way too late. So, I'm... Um, I have to get my mind straight in the morning, but everyone have a good week trading and um, keep swinging it. And John, play the music.